Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern. Today's poem is by an old friend, Robert Frost, maybe the quintessential American poet. He lived from 1874 to 1963. The poem that I'm going to read today, I actually read last year. But to me, this is a poem that you read every fall. You have to read it every fall. I mean, it might be the quintessential autumn poem. It's called After Apple Picking. And uh, I'm going to read it. I have written about this poem a couple of times um, online. And so I'm going to share a couple thoughts from some of those things that I've written that I think about this poem. Um, But first, I'll read it. And then again, I'll read it at the end, of course. So here it is. This is Robert Frost's After Apple Picking. My long, two-pointed ladders sticking through a tree toward heaven still and there's a barrel that I didn't fill beside it, and there may be two or three apples I didn't pick upon some bough. But I am done with apple picking now. Essence of winter sleep is on the night, the scent of apples. I'm drowsing off. I cannot rub the strangeness from my sight I got from looking through a pane of glass I skimmed this morning from the drinking trough and held against the world of hoary grass. It melted, and I let it fall and break. But I was well upon my way to sleep before it fell, and I could tell what form my dreaming was about to take. Magnified apples appear and disappear, stem end and blossom end, and every fleck of russet showing clear. My instep arch not only keeps the ache, it keeps the pressure of a ladder round. I feel the ladder sway as the boughs end, and I keep hearing from the cellar bin the rumbling sound of load on load of apples coming in. For I have had too much of apple picking. I am overtired of the great harvest I myself desired. There were ten thousand thousand fruit to touch, cherish in hand, lift down and not let fall. For all that struck the earth, no matter if not bruised or spiked with stubble, went surely to the cider apple heap, as of no worth. One can see what will trouble the sleep of mine whatever sleep it is. Were he not gone, the woodchuck could say whether it's like his long sleep, as I describe it's coming on, or just some human sleep. I've written before about how I'm fond of teaching this this, uh, poem, and I I think it might be one of the ideal poems to teach ways of poetic thought. For Frost, metaphor was, I think I put it before, metaphor was everything. It's true of of every poem, every poet, I suppose. But for Frost, it wasn't just the heart of, of poetry. It's not just the heart of producing a work of art, but it's at the heart of the way humans think. It's the heart of all good thinking. 
In fact, the way he talked about it, he said, he wrote that it's the job of the poet, the job of the artist in general, but you know, obviously he was a poet, so he thought most about that, but it's the job of the artist to provide, quote, gathering metaphors, uh, you know, by which the universe can be felt, known, understood, experienced, that, get, that makes sense of what's out there in the world. That's the job of, of the poet, he believed. And he said that we experience reality through our senses. And he has this interesting line. He says, through poetic education, we can, quote, leap from sight to insight, from sense to essence, from an awareness of the physical to awareness of the metaphysical. And actually, that's not a direct quote from him. That's a, a quote from his biography, uh, biographer, Peter J. Stanless. He's a, he wrote a book called Robert Frost, The Poet as Philosopher, which came out maybe f- five or six years ago. So for Frost's metaphor, like the metaphors in this poem, are more than just pictures that take the abstract and the concrete and tie them together. Um, they're more than just analogies to make things mean something particular. Because he thought that the forms themselves, the forms of poetry, were metaphorical by their nature. So like a sonnet is inherently metaphorical. Uh, that meter and rhyme and all those things are by their nature, like fundamentally metaphorical. And that really shows up in After Apple Picking, I think. So he, he'll use iambic pentameter almost, mostly, but then he has these lines that are too short for it. So on the one hand, you know, I wrote elsewhere online, um, iambic pentameter is extremely familiar, right? It's the most common form of poetry in the English language. So Frost uses that to draw you in. But then just as you're becoming comfortable with the rhythms of the poem, you know, there's a, there's, there's a pace that's familiar to it. There's a, there's a pace that is familiar to the way we speak and think and things like that. But then just as you're getting familiar, he pulls you out of that. You know, you all of a sudden you get these very short lines, like a line um, towards the end, which goes for all. That's the whole line for all. And then the next line is that struck the earth. There's a, there's a line, um, the rumbling sound, um, but I was well, and I, and I could tell. You know, these are shorter lines than the rest of the form is, is suggesting they ought to be. So on the one hand, that jars you out of a sort of complacent posture towards the, the poem. But it also changes the pace that you read the poem. And that sort of mimics the sort of uh, idea of of uh, wandering thoughts. So the, the, this character in the poem is drifting off to sleep and he's meandering through his thought life. He's meandering through memories and uh, perceptions and impressions and things like that. And the way he goes in and out of the, the form is consistent with the way our minds can kind of wander around sometimes, especially when we're in sort of a dream state or, a, or heading, into, heading towards a dream state. Uh, so I just, you know, that's one of the things that I love about what Frost is doing here. Um, and, and really all it takes is a couple of observations to see that. You don't really need to know all the stuff that I was saying at the beginning about Frost's theory of metaphor or theory of poetry, because you can just observe, okay, this line's shorter. And that's what little kids are going to do. That's why I love to teach this poem, because they're going to identify sort of a central, deep philosophical idea at the core of Frost's work by just saying, oh, look, that line's shorter than all these other ones. And then you can have a conversation with that. You can ask why maybe they did that. And so before they can name it, they can recognize it. And that's really important with poetry, especially with um, 
teaching kids to have proper posture towards poetry. I've been thinking a lot about this idea of having the proper posture as readers and listeners of, of poetry towards towards uh, poems. And maybe I'll talk about that some more. But for now, we're running out of time, so I need to go ahead and, and read this one more time for you. So this is Frost after apple picking. My long, two-pointed ladders sticking through a tree toward heaven still. And there's a barrel that I didn't fill beside it. And there may be two or three apples I didn't pick upon some bough. But I am done with apple picking now. Essence of winter sleep is on the night. The scent of apples. I'm drowsing off. I cannot rub the strangeness from my sight I got from looking through a pane of glass I skimmed this morning from the drinking trough and held against the world of hoary grass. It melted, and I let it fall and break. But I was well upon my way to sleep before it fell, and I could tell what form my dreaming was about to take. Magnified apples appear and disappear, stem end and blossom end, and every fleck of russet showing clear. My instep arch not only keeps the ache, it keeps the pressure of a ladder round. I feel the ladder sway as the boughs bend, and I keep hearing from the cellar bin the rumbling sound of load on load of apples coming in, for I've had too much of apple picking. I am overtired of the great harvest I myself desired. There were ten thousand thousand fruit to touch, cherish in hand, lift down and not let fall. For all that struck the earth, no matter if not bruised or spiked with stubble, where it went surely to the cider apple heap as of no worth. One can see what will trouble the sleep of mine, whatever sleep it is. Were he not gone, the woodchuck could say whether it's like his long sleep, as I describe its coming on, or just some human sleep. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. Be back tomorrow with another poem for you.